What's going on, y'all? This is Luke, post-recording but pre-podcast. Thank you for listening to this conversation on intentionality with Mikhail. I wanted to come on here and say that I love Mikhail, but he and I can talk forever about Jesus. And so this is a long podcast, 56 minutes, and honestly, it is a short conversation that he and I had. Uh, but I wanted to come on here and say that I understand it's long, and so I wanted to give you some timestamps in case you wanted to jump around our conversation on intentionality. So at the four-minute mark, we talk about what Jesus has taught Mikhail this week. At the nine-minute mark, we talk about how he goes about approaching intentionality with friendship. At the 15-minute mark, we talk about what God has taught him and what he has shown him in intentionality and how he has grown in that area. At the 21-minute mark, we talk about being consistent and the importance of it. At the 32-30 mark, we talk about losing self to gain intentionality and to gain Christ. And at the 38-15 mark, we talk about how we can be fully present. I hope you all enjoy. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, perfect. Uh, Hi, are we... this is the X Plus One podcast, and I'm your host, Luke Metzler. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're here today. We're going to bring you one step closer to knowing Christ. Is that right? That's right. Let's go. <laughs> one, two. Welcome to the X Plus One podcast, where we meet you where you are with Jesus Christ and seek to take you one step closer to him. I'm your host, Luke Metzler, and today I'm alongside one of my favorite people on the earth to talk to and to be friends with, and that is because godliness is attractive, and my friend that I have on the podcast today is very, very godly. He's a godly man, one of my favorite people on the planet. Everybody welcome Mr. Mikhail Harris. <laughs> Well, I didn't bake I, these biscuits, but I'm sure as you eat them. Wait, what was that? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. Did you hear the biscuit yeah, thing? I don't know what, where that came from. I think you hit another button. I think you hit one of those. Anyway, you know, hit the other. Button. No, that. No, the, or the other one. Um, I didn't bake these biscuits, but I'm sure as. <laughs> Eat them. <laughs> okay. Well that, well, that sets a tone. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if I can have that in the podcast. <laughs> I can't have that in. That's that's really really bad. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Um, well, we're gonna keep that in and probably like edit out the bad word. I didn't mean to press that button, but everybody, Mikhail Harris is on the podcast. Mikhail, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Mikhail, and I happen to just be in a great relationship with Luke Metzler. That was such a way of saying, a weird way of saying that I'm his friend, but I'm kind of nervous right now because it's my first time in a podcasting experience. But um, yeah, I'm Mikhail. I'm a senior at UNC, and I'm a Young Life leader at Orange High School, and I'm just so glad to be in the bottom of the UL with my boy today. Like, it's, it's great. Yeah, I, I was telling Mikhail, this is the first podcast that I've done with, like, another person in the room. So, like, a part of me was a little nervous to record the intro because he's just staring at me. But also, it's pretty cool. So, we got some, like, li li it's live action today, which is awesome. So, Mikhail, obviously, some people listening know you, but some people don't. So, I got some quick fire questions for you. It's like a little speed dating thing to get to know okay, word. Mikhail Harris. You ready? I'm ready. Well, answer as fast as like as fast as possible. Okay, fast as possible. Okay. Chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Uh, chocolate for sure. Stay in or go out? Uh, definitely stay in. Night or morning? Definitely morning. Are you a dreamer or a realist? I'm definitely a ooh, definitely dreamer. Yeah, that's where my brain went first. Call or text? Uh, definitely call. Facetime or call? 
Uh, depends. FaceTime if it's over 15 minutes. Call if it's under 15 minutes. I like that. Would you rather be the student or be the teacher? Definitely be the student. Being a teacher is hard. It's a hard job. Hoodies or crewnecks? Uh, definitely hoodies. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, love hoodies. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Mikhail. Question for you. Okay, cool. We already talked about this, actually, people that are listening kind of before we started. But what have you been learning, Mr. Harris, in your walk with Christ this week? I think I've had a really humbling week. And it's been a week where I just feel like it's been a blessing to just be a part of people's lives. And I think part of, like, that journey and that experience this week has just been, like, a foundational, like, coming back to the foundation of, like, why I'm here. Like, what am I doing? And um, I've been really like into like First John four nineteen. I gave a club talk on it two weeks ago, and I don't know why, but it's like just really stuck around in my life. And it's a like a verse that I've like spoken on a lot, and just eight words like we love because he first loved us, and that just has been like an incredibly humbling verse. And it's not one that necessarily feels like hum like one to humble because it's not like hey like like up like a good soul like like takes rebuke and correction or it's not one that's like hey like you should do this or not do this mechanic like mechanically but it's just like this really beautiful principle that i think kind of gets the foundation of like why we do and like understand things like we love because he first loved us and i i would say that i'm a person who like whether it's through young life or it's through the activities i do whether it's through even pickleball to some extent like all the things that i do like I think are a lot of them are for like promoting community and like creating places for friendship. And I would say that I'm a person who's like a lover, not a fighter. And, but I fight for people that I love. And I think part of that has been like, where does that come from? And I think I've had a lot of times this week where it's been like out of my own energy or out of my own means. And it's been really humbling to just sit and be like, Hey, like anything good that's from your love is from Christ. Anything that's not good is kind of from your humanness. And I think, to know that we love, can love, will love, do love, and will forever love because God has loved us first, foremost, is just a incredible truth to sit in on a daily basis, which has been really cool. Yeah, that's good. I was telling my Young Life guys yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, I was like, hey, when you look at your life, when you look at how much you love Jesus, there, there's no motivation there. There's no, oh, like, this propels me to get in the Word or to spend time with Him because... Our love is imperfect, and, I mean, God's love never fails, but our love for him fails all the time. And so I was telling him, like, hey, the strength of Luke Metzler's life is not how much he loves Jesus. It's how much Jesus loves him. So I was like, when you look at how much Jesus loves you, that's what propels you to get in the Word and to spend time with him because you're like, oh, my goodness. When you get a somewhat or just a small grasp of what his love is for you, you're like, man, not only do I want more of that, but I want to be with that. I want to spend time with that. And so that that is what makes you want to, pray, spend time with him in the word, like, like what you were just saying right there, like to love others because Christ loves you. It reminds me of this, um, Charles Spurgeon quote that I kind of read. I'm not going to say it verbatim cause I'm going to butcher it, but it's the idea that I've been kind of saying to my friends, like, you don't only really have like a quote that you just kind of like think about a lot, but you don't really know the quote, but you just like kind of say the idea of the quote. Yeah. And so this is one of those where it's like Charles Spurgeon's talking about how like we can spend our lives trying to, and he uses the word flog. Like we've, we can flog ourselves for not being able to live up to God's standard of love. But it does beg the question, like, how do we love Christ more? And I kind of think of it like, oh, like, if I want to love you more generally, I can, like, you know, like, bring you food every once in a while. We can talk about baseball. We can talk, I can ask you how the podcast is doing to some extent. 
Um, but like, how do I le- like legitimately and like truthfully and honorably like love you more in a genuine way? It's like knowing and understanding who you are and growing in that relationship and seeking more of you in that relationship and pursuing you in that relationship. Because then once I do that, I know that like, hey, on this day, like I know that because I understand Luke more, even on like a, let's say even just a scheduling perspective, I know that on Thursday, you're going to be doing a podcast. I can come bring you Chick-fil-A like on a Thursday. And that's not like because it's a mechanical thing. It's because I know and understand you more. So therefore there are actions that I will then take to show you how much I like know and understand you. And I think that is kind of going back to like the foundation, like we, we love God by understanding him, by seeking him, by like moving toward him. I think that's a really beautifully humbling thing that I, I don't know, the more I sit in it, the more I smile and I'm like, well, like I'll never be able to hit like what that standard of love, but I like sure as want to try like every day, you know, and like to be in that space, which is cool. Yeah. Well, that's something that I would like, I, I was, I had a podcast two or three months ago with my mom and I said that my mom was the greatest steward I know, steward of relationships, steward of family. She's a beast. Mom, I know you're listening. I love you. You, <laughs> you, I would say, are one of, if not the most intentional people I know. And I was thinking about this the other day, in which I, I actually didn't even tell you before we started podcasting, but I was, about this, I was like, man, Mikhail does such a good job of being intentional with so many people that so many people are super close with Mikhail, even though Mikhail doesn't get to spend as much time with them as maybe you would think you would a close friend. And I was thinking of that in the context of my Young Life teammate now, Will Albright, where Will is telling me that he might go to the Duke game with you this weekend. And I was like, that is crazy because Will's a freshman. You're a senior, but you're being so intentional with him that he's like, man, I I would love to go to the game with Mikhail. And so along those lines of what you were just saying, like what does it mean to love Luke well? What does it mean to love Will Albright well? What does it mean to love these people well? How do you go about approaching that and approaching any given relationship in terms of how you love them and how you intentionally pursue them? I think it's two things. Um, one of my favorite, and it's, I love, this is one of the reasons I knew that we were going to be really good friends for a really long time is because um, I like I have a favorite Bible verse, but I don't necessarily know it off the top of my head. <laughs> but you know my favorite Bible verse off the top of your head, which is Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. Like you just can just rip that thing. And I love that. And I was like, well, we're going to be friends for a long time. And I think like the idea of like that of those verses is that like, we do anything out of not out of our own strength, but out of the strength that the Holy Spirit like gives us, and so we get out of our own way. But I think it also means that we're steadfast and intentional. And I think those are two aspects that I've like kind of learned in my time in college that are just so important and impactful in like doing like having relationships and moving in them. Um, like one being humility in the sense of just like getting out of your own way. It just isn't really about us and our story because if we're all about ourselves and our story, we'll never actually converge, like we'll always be kind of going in our own directions. Um, and then just steadfastness, like showing up on a daily basis. I remember um, in 2021, I went with, um, to, I was a summer staffer at Young Life Camp and um, my summer staff coordinator, she had um, like a kid at the time and she was the kid that was like under the age of two and a summer staff coordinator job is um, fairly like t- round the clock in terms of caring for college students. And I was like, how are you caring for us? Like, and I've like come to you multiple times at crazy hours to ask you questions or like things that I've been struggling through, but also like literally 
care for a child and not one that's like you know like a 15 year old kid who can just kind of do his own thing like like she is relying on you um for food and for care and for nurture like how do you do that and she was like Mikhail, like i used to think that i had to be in the word for like three hours and i had to do this or do that mechanicalistically but sometimes um in your day and the things that you're called to like you may only feel like you have what seems like five minutes but how are you like clearing away your barriers and steadfastly approaching that five minutes to order then reframe your whole day and i'm not saying that like oh like you can only need to give like five minutes like the lord asks that we like love him in his muchness nor am i saying that like it's about it's not about the time thing is what i'm saying but it's more about like an intentional way of like viewing our lives and being steadfast so i think any time that i go into any relationship and I'm trying to be more intentional about this, especially in my senior year. If I'm going to go hang out with somebody or after I've, like, like left hanging out with somebody, like, praying gratitude and, like, thankfulness. So I think those things lead to humility because God is a giver of good gifts, all of which I do not deserve. And then from that, then understanding and promoting steadfastness because I think that is how we move into spaces and, like, move into other people's lives, like, while giving them dignity but also not hiding or sheltering your identity in Christ. And I think at the end of the day, like that's what we see, which is like really cool. Yeah, that that's good. I also made me think of while you're saying there, like continue steadfastly in prayer with Thanksgiving. And that's an area that I'm currently trying to grow in is my prayer life. But one of the things that you touched on that like I really learned about first last semester is the human need element. And I don't know if you've heard that explained, but I was preparing to give a talk at Trinity and I met with a pastor, a pastor Jerry. And I was like, how do you give a sermon? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yes, I've done podcasts, but I'm just, I'm just talking. Like, it's not like a sermon. I'm just out here speaking. And, and he was explaining to me like, Hey, the way that you remove yourself from the equation is you think about the human need. So you think about what you're talking about and then you think about the audience. And so, Hey, if the message is, you know, come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay, we're talking about rest. Well, like, what are some things that the people that are listening need rest from? You know, is it that they're consumed with how they look? Is it that they're consumed with what people think of them in terms of their athleticism? Like, think about that. Don't think about yourself. And he, sent, he put me through this whole exercise. And once he was done, he was like, do you see yourself in this equation? I was like, no. And I was still the one on the stage speaking, but I didn't see myself there anymore. And why did I bring all this up? I think you do a great job of the human need element, not with, not with a sermon per se, with, with people, like you're not thinking of yourself. You're thinking of Luke Metzler and okay, Luke Metzler likes when people are direct with him. So I'm going to be direct with him, but there's somebody else who I need to be far more gentle with this person to connect with them and to speak with them. And I'm going to do that. And you think about what they need, not necessarily what you want, what you desire, what you need. And I think putting that first is something that can, that really does separate you from other people. So that's partially, partially a compliment. Um, and now we're going to bridge into a segment on like how to remain humble when people gas you up. Uh, anyways, I'm kidding. Um, but with intentionality, what is something that you feel like, what is something that you feel like God has taught you or God has shown you that has helped you show that same intentionality to other people? I think it's just the idea of like, um, I'm a broken record, so I feel like you're going to hear me say pretty much the same thing in a little bit different ways and give a couple stories of how it's kind of worked. But I think for me, it really just is showing up. 
like it's being faithful in like the little way is what I've heard be described before. And I just love like that idea. Like we keep big picture principles and ideas of like how we want to say move in relationship with people or like guide like humility in our lives or do these things like through the lens of Christ. And I think by using those big picture principles, like they take care of like little details. And I think I don't, I'm not saying that I'm detail oriented because I'm definitely like one of the least detail oriented people <laughs> that exists on the planet. But I do say I do love like details in that way of just like learning about someone growing, like growing with them. Like, cause I think well, someone told me that like um, this quote um, and I just love it. It's like the idea of like, Hey, if me and like, you and me, Luke are in a relationship and like we like are friends and when we invite someone, say, into this podcast room, like if we had Will Albright or Chris come sit here, if our relationship is as good as, like, we think it is, then adding, like, like another person to this room, like, they will bring out stuff out of me and you that we cannot necessarily bring out of ourselves. And, like, that is a, like, a holier and more complete picture of, like, of God, like, in our lives. And I just think, like, man, if, we decided and chose to sit in that like every single day. Um, that's really, that's a full day. And that's a, and that's a full week if you do that seven days a week. And that's a full month and a full year and, a, and it culminates into full lives. Um, recently, like on the way home from school, I listened to the Stuart Scott SB speech and the Jimmy V SB speech. And it like, I don't know why, like just, hearing from those men is like some people that I've respected in their fields. I think it was really cool. And I just like, like I deleted YouTube for Lent. So I really like type it on the Safari and like look it up. But it just really struck me. Like when these men who at this point would had very limited time, like in their lives, like the way like they approached, like in the way that they talked about time. And because they're obviously orators and public speakers to some extent, like, they are very paced and poised and articulate with what they said, but you cannot remove like their passion and their intentionality from the purpose in which like, what they were saying. And I think that is a beautiful picture of just intentionality. And I think kind of going back to your question of like, what does that mean? Like, how do we look and how do we be intentional? And like, what are some things that have like really struck out to me is um, I think it's steadfastness. Um, it's been really cool leading with my Young Life guys um, because for the last, like, seven months, I've been, like, the only guy leader on my team except for three weeks ago. And But during that, during that time before we just got new placements on our team, I, like, learned a lot about um, responsibility <laughs> and commitment. And not that these things, like, rely on me to happen, but if I don't schedule this thing, then these guys that who, like, don't necessarily meet up during this time and I remember I was um we have like a campaigners and I was pretty burnt out like kind of it was approaching like a midterm season of like fall semester and I was like man like I need a break but it wasn't one of those breaks where it was like okay like like you know like you need a break it was one of those where I was like oh I kind of want to lick my wounds and like like just rest out of trying to create control and stability like out of my own strength and power like the opposite of Ephesians 3 16 through 21 and I was like, okay, I'm going to get a break. And so I texted my guys all week because I was like, I know this is going to happen. So I want to make sure that they know that we're not going to meet on this day. And so it was Wednesday that we were going to meet. And I was like, Friday, send a text. Saturday, send a text. 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Because I was like, I want to make sure that no one's going to know that I have to come to this thing. And then Tuesday night, a guy texts in my group chat, and he goes, and he goes, oh, man, like, um, I was going to come this week. I didn't see any of these texts, but I was going to be there. And I was like, oh, like, I guess we're going to have it. And so we had Bible study on Wednesday morning, and he didn't come. And not saying that, like, like that reason was the reason he didn't come, but I think oftentimes, like, all the Lord requires us to do and wants of us is to show up and be present with him. And it's not because of anything that we have done or haven't done, because if we do that, all we can give God is um, but dirty rags. But what does he ask of us is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. And I just think, like, like steadfastly, humbly, like, pursuing God in our own lives and then just, like, intentionally and purposely being in certain spaces is how we move with intentionality. And, like, this year... Like, I think through both accountability and then learning how to be restful has taught me, like, just different dimensions of that. And it's been really cool. That's good. One of the things that I will say declaratively over you is that Mikhail Harris is consistent. You are super consistent. And I think that I really admire that because in college, we are busy all the time. I was telling, I think it was, I don't know who I was telling. I was telling somebody a few months ago that, College is so hard to follow Christ because following Jesus is a surrender of your life to his will and his ways. But every single waking moment that I'm a college student, they, they being UNC or any institution, is trying to tell me it's all about me. You know, what's your major? What are your extracurriculars? Who are your friends? What are you pursuing? Where do you see yourself in five years? It's all about you, you, you. And it's hard to live for someone greater when every day it's like you, you, you. And I say that on the back burner of my week this week because Wednesday I had an exam at 9.05 in the morning and I also had to get up earlier for a Bible study and then today I had an exam at 8. We're, we're recording this on a Thursday. And I've been super, super busy because I've been studying for those exams all week. And what has that done? I feel like that's hurt me in being intentional with some of my friends that live in my house, some of my Young Life guys, because I've been so consumed with me and preparing for me that I have at times forgotten to be intentional with other people. Mm. And so I was telling my Young Life guys on Wednesday that, you know, being busy, I've heard it said before, and I don't know who exactly gave this quote, but being busy, the acronym for it is being under Satan's yoke. Which yeah. I, you, have you heard that before? I have not, but that's, that's bars. <laughs> <laughs> being under Satan's yoke. And I was like, oh, like, that's so true of me. Like, God does just want us to be present with him, like you said. Mm. And it's like, there may be days where you can't sit down and have a two-hour quiet time but you can be present with him in the in-between moments, the in-between classes, the in-between tasks, whatever you're doing, you can be present with him. You can also make the classes and the tasks about him and for his glory. You can incorporate him into every part of your life, but that becomes really, really hard when you get consumed with self and how busy you are and all that's going on in your life, which is what we're constantly fed. And you are so consistent at not falling into that temptation. Mm -hmm. And so I want to hear your thoughts on that because when you're busy, which you've been busy this week, you've still found ways to be intentional with Luke Metzler, with guys at your house, with your Young Life guys. You haven't sacrificed your grades. You haven't sacrificed your academic pursuits, but you also haven't sacrificed intentionality with your friends and those that you're trying to show Christ. And I want to know, how do you balance that? How do you remain consistent in being intentional 
amidst being very, very busy. And this is like a uh, precursor for those who don't know me. Like I don't have this all together. And Luke is saying some really nice things. It's really. Mikhail's a beast. <laughs> um, but um, Daniel Peterson would have said this really cool quote to me where I think like, I want to like in terms of how I want to approach like this topic, I'm going to kind of change some definitions of some words. So just make sure that we're all on the same page. Like when I refer to busy, like in this way, I'm going to refer to like my schedule and like being full. So I guess I'll use the word, I, I'll just use the word full. Like how do you, how are you intentional with like a full schedule? Um, and for someone who's like really struggled with that and like I struggled with like how to create lines between like work and life, like I oftentimes struggle with just stress and tension and for me, like, the elimination of tension is oftentimes, like, kind of fuels my actions, which isn't, like, necessarily healthy um, in a lot of ways. And it, it can lead to unhealthy um, actions and behaviors. Um, but, you know, Peterson says this really cool th- idea where he was, like, Mikhail, like, under stress and tension, like, that is how we our, like, our muscles grow. Without stress and tension and, like, the idea of contraction and, like, moving – then, like, we are just this, like, amorphous blob. Like, stress and tension is required in order for growth, in order for shape, in order for form, in order to create intentionality in things in our life. And oftentimes we're called to seasons where they seems they're seemingly, like, you're stewarding more places, relationships, and people um, where there's tension and then there's stress. But the difference is, is, like, how are you understanding that stress and tension in your own life? Are you exerting yourself to the point where there is now like, internal damage with that stress and tension? And, like, how are you, like, moving and growing and stretching, like, during that time, like, while you have stress and tension? Like, even today, like, this is so crazy that we're talking about this now, but, like, us, like me and Michael, like, my, my uh, housemate, like, walked to school almost every day. And we were talking, and we're kind of going through our days. Like, it's, like, kind of helpful for me to go through my day to kind of, like, think about it. And I was like, man, today's going to be a busy day, as in, like, a full day, as in, like, a day that's full of, like, going back to back to back to back to back to things. And I was really w- worried. I was like, Mikey, like, like this is just a season of life that is in, but, like, let me in this time, like, not be hurried. Because I think you can be busy as in, like, have a full schedule and be unhurried in the way that you go from place to place. And I think that's an intentional and, like, purposeful, like, decision that you make. Because, like, when Jesus is talking to say he goes sees a woman at the well or he goes sees Zacchaeus or he goes sees these people in the Bible – Oftentimes it says that Jesus had to go through this place. Like when he had to go to the woman and like the woman in the well, like he could have gone around Samaria, but he had to, he he went through Samaria and that is logistically, culturally, and socially like against the norm. But that is not to say that he was existing without tension or stress. He wasn't like, he was like, yo, like, I guess I'm going to go to Samaria. He says, no, I had to, he had to go through Samaria to like interact and to understand and to be with this woman and ultimately to speak truth to her and so that she may then speak truth to others like in her town. And I think that is a beautiful model of how we are to live our lives as Christian people. But we're like, we are purposeful and we are called to be good stewards of things that God has given us into our lives. And I think a lot of my life in so many ways has been running away from that responsibility or like trying to just reduce the tension to where all I am is happy and like, content or I guess satiated is a good word to use but no like God calls us to be stewards of relationships and of people and so how are we understanding and doing that and I think like a cool way this semester I've seen it play out and not to say like this is like like I'm oftentimes hesitant to be like God did this did this did this for this specific lesson in this specific way because oftentimes like 
like say in a medium of a podcast, like we wouldn't be able to necessarily talk about that like outside of this. So if you hear this podcast, and you want to talk to me about it. I would love for you to talk to me about it. But I feel like recently, every time that I've been going to and from class or to or from a thing, and I've like entered into the stress damage mindset of, oh, I'm no longer intentional. I'm just going to and for like I'm no longer proactive in the way of understanding these things. I've always met an old friend someone that I haven't seen in a while, and they've always given me that look of, like, hey, Mikhail, like, I'd love to talk. And I was always like, oh, I, I, w- I would love to talk, but, like, I got to go do this thing. But, like, and then God usually convicts me then. He's like, hey, man, like, what are you doing? You just passed an image bearer of me, and you just kind of blew him off. Like, when have I ever blown you off and done that to you? And I'll usually go and send a text, and I'll be like, hey, like, I'm sorry that I, like, kind of just, like, written you off and had to go real quick because I wasn't being intentional and purposeful with my time, and I didn't take the time to see you and sit with you, because Jesus did the same thing with Jairus, and where he, like, goes, and he's, like, on this way to go, like, do a healing, and someone kind of interrupts him, interrupts, I think it's an outside perspective, and, but yet Jesus had time for both, and I kind of, and I think in the same way, like, how do we understand and use that principle in our own lives, and I think that takes work, and I've, like, had seasons where it's been really good, and, and oftentimes for me, it's been seasons, like, I had to take a lot of stuff off my schedule and slowly add stuff in to figure it out, and oftentimes there are some seasons, like, especially kind of now in the kind of the eve of s- senior year where I don't feel like I'm doing enough, or I'm like, am I understanding, am I stewarding this gift well? Because my schedule feels pretty open, but I also feel like I'm still intentional and purposeful, and I think that comes through prayer, I think you understand that through people speaking into your life, through mentorship, through mentorship, through discipleship, and all those things in culmination of just sitting with God. Um, I think like a way that I've seen this play out that I really love um, was my senior year of high school. One of my friends, um, she goes to NC State. Um, they're now married now, which is kind of crazy. That like, how, like they got married a month ago. This is um. Uh, James and Joe Mabry, if you read, if you're listening to this, I love y'all, and thanks for inviting me to your wedding. It was a top experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like James came to go visit Jill and her family in my hometown, and they needed a place to stay. And I was like, James, just come and stay at my house. Like I'd love for you to come and hang out. And um, so I, I was a, I was a senior in high school. Didn't necessarily like I understood Jesus in my head, but he didn't really he hasn't he didn't I didn't let him into my heart yet. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading, which is so funny because I never read in high school. And it was like midnight. I'm usually in bed by like 1030 in high school. Also weird. just like these weird confluence of events. And I'm just sitting there reading a book. And James, like, like I hear him come down the stairs and into the bathroom that I was, that like we were sharing like for that night. And he's brushing his teeth. And he comes out of the bathroom and he looks at me and he goes, hey, man, like, how's your day? Like, tell me what, tell me what God is teaching you today. And I've never had somebody, like, ask me an intentional question that was so innocent and yet so purposeful. And I just, like, kind of started opening up to him and talking about my day. And it was really crazy. And I was like, I'm like, well, I'm here. And it's, like, already kind of, like, one. It's like, I'm going to ask. I want to know, like, how did he get to here? Like, how did he ask these things? So I was like, Yo, like, James, like, what do you desire from God? Like, what is he teaching you? And even me not even knowing, like, the full extent of what that question meant for James, who was a believer at the time. And he goes, man, like, my greatest desire right now is, like, when I breathe in, I breathe in God's goodness. And when I breathe out, I breathe out gratitude and prayer. 
And that's what I want my life to look like. And I want to be so intentional like that, that it becomes unintentional. And I think, to me, that is the ultimate point. Through all of that I'm trying to make is that, man, through that beautiful sense of just sitting with God, and while it does take work, like, to understand that, like, especially in the beginning stages of that, it is an intentional thing because it's, it's a very much just against how we are wired. But to get to a point where we can do that intentionality, unintentionality, by just sitting and praying and like understanding and being in God's presence more and more, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful space. Yeah, well, you said a lot. I, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, first of all, breathe in God's goodness, breathe out gratitude and prayer. When I hear that, obviously having talked about humility for the past four or five weeks on this podcast, I hear the absence of self. Like when you think about that, you're breathing in nothing about you and then you're breathing out gratitude about someone else and what he's done for you. And I do think that's a key point of intentionality. And I'm going to butcher this quote too. And I honestly think it's from my mom. So shout out to you, mom. But I'm also sorry I'm going to butcher this quote. Shout out Luke's mom. Um, But like a relationship, you can tell if a relationship with somebody is selfish when there's a lack of gratitude from them and you're discontent. Because Mm. if you're in it for their pleasure and their gratitude – then that means you're in it for the wrong reasons. And I think that can be applied to our relationship with Christ where he loves us despite our lack of gratitude and contentment with him. But also that can be flipped where it's like, if we aren't being grateful for the things that he's given us, if we aren't coming to him in prayer with gratitude and thanksgiving, how much of our relationship with him is selfish? How much are we treating him like a genie where our prayer life is all about us? And I have my hand raised in this podcast room like, that's been me. Like my prayer life has been very selfish recently. I've been trying and I was, I've been talking to some close friends, all this trying to just pray for other people and have that be the sole purpose of my prayer. That verse continues steadfastly with Thanksgiving and prayer. Okay. Like I'm just going to pray gratitude. Like that's it. I don't need to ask him for anything. And I think we've grown up, or at least I grew up where my prayers were so genie based, selfish, like, Oh, like in high school, it was like, God, please have this girl say hi to me today. And I'll know that's confirmation that she likes me. Like those were my prayers. And the thing is like, just because I've matured and I'm not praying that specific prayer doesn't mean my prayers aren't just as selfish. It's like our flesh can mature to where we think that we're not being as childish as we once were, but we still are. Mm -hmm. And so nowadays my prayer isn't, Hey, I pray this girl would say hi to me, but it's, Hey, like, please give me this and give me that in this way so that this can happen. And basically what I'm praying for is for my will to be done. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to grow in prayer of like, not my will, God, but yours. And one of my favorite verses that I read recently is John 12, 28. And Jesus says, this is his prayer. Father, glorify your name. That's it. And the verse says, Jesus prayed, Father, glorify your name. And a voice came down from heaven saying, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And so I've been trying to practically just pray that, like, God, glorify your name, and that's it. And when we lose that absence of self, and we have what you're talking about, that element of gratitude, man, I feel like it's so much easier to be intentional. And this is a little, this is a little side rant. Mikhail and I are people who struggle with saying yes too much. It's fact. Like, we overextend. And there are people that struggle with, I guess, underextension or being lazy. But Mikhail and I would be one to where we're like, hey, someone's got to check us on being too busy. But my rant with this is that I do believe that we lack intentional men and women 
in Christian culture. We lack it all together. Like people that are non-believers and believers want to feel seen. They want to feel heard. They want to feel loved. And like what I said earlier in this podcast, we live in a world where however, however long your day is, whether it's 16 hours, 17 hours, 18 hours, the world is telling you that it is all about you. And when the world's telling you that every day, if you aren't rooted in Christ and reminding yourself that it's not about you, it is so easy to become self-centered, even when you're not even trying to be and to fall into that. And therefore, you lack the intentionality needed to meet someone where they're at, to ask them how their day is, which you were saying that that conversation with James was at night, which I'm sure homeboy was exhausted. Like, I've been that way where I'm super, super tired, and God opens up a door. That passage I was referring to, Colossians 4, Paul says, pray also for us that at the same time God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may speak it clearly, which is how I ought to speak. Like, I'm like, okay, if I pray for God to open doors to share the word, which I do, guess what, guys? He's faithful to answer that prayer, and he has answered that prayer. And the thing is, oftentimes he answers that prayer, and he gives me an opportunity when I'm not expecting it, when I am like, oh, I'm now's not the time. And again, Mikhail's not going to like this, but Mikhail is really, really good at being present. You're really good at being present, which means, yes, you have a lot going on throughout the day, but this commitment you have from 9 to 10, you're fully there for. And I have struggled with that all the way back to Monday Monday night. I had cheerleading practice, which I didn't want to be at, and I was like, oh, I'm here, and I wasn't present there, and for a solid 30 minutes, I treated my stunting partner like garbage because I was having it be all about me and we were doing terrible and I had to go walk it off and be like, God, forgive me. And I need to go back in there and show her Christ and do that. And I shouldn't be thinking about the club I have afterward for young life. I shouldn't be thinking about the exam I have to study for and the busy 507 assignment I need to do. I need to be present here. And I wasn't for half the practice. And then I wasn't fully present at club either. We were going to cookout and my kids were like, Hey, are you stressed? Like is something up? Like, it seems like you're not yourself. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. But it's so crazy how these young kids can realize when you're not being fully present. And you do a tremendous job of that. But I also think I'm not alone. And I know you struggle too, but I'm not alone in struggling to be present in the moment because a great tactic of the enemy is to get you busy, to be under Satan's yoke. And so again, I know I've probably asked this before. I'm going to rephrase it though. How do you be fully present in any given conversation and in any given moment? And I'll say this as well. The reason why I think this is so important is because you can have a two-minute conversation with somebody that can impact their whole day because they've had an awful day, but because you asked them how you were doing, how they were doing, and you were intentional, that changed the course of their day. And so you being faithful in that two minutes changed the 24-hour outlook they have of their life. So how exactly do you do that where you're just willing, able, and ready to be present to see someone the way Christ sees them in any given moment? This is going to be a long-winded answer because I feel like this has been a lesson like God has like taught like taught me and continues to teach me, and I think it'll all like wrap up. But like, there's some parts to it I think that are important. Um, I'm reading this book. Um, it's called "You're Only Human" by Henry Capick. If you haven't read it, it's great, and it talks about different parts of the Christian spiritual life, whether it's identity or perceptions of time or how do we understand like growth and how do we understand it in the midst of the limitations that God has given us specifically. Because I think we are very oftentimes, like, readily and easily, uh, like, able to praise the gifts that God has seen in our lives. Like, you're laser beamy. Like, I'm kind of laser beamy. Like, you know, like, we're, we're fast-paced. We're go, 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 go. Like, we can, like, we're charismatic people. And, like, like, I think you can say that when you're talking into a podcast. I'll be going out to a bunch of people. Like, that's, 
a fair assertion to some to some guys Michaela's the cutest smile man <laughs> he's got two dimples popping right now and and you're encouraging like, oh you know. gosh no I, I I I'm sorry you've been Mikhail's face lights up when he talks about Jesus I I know that's the off topic but like I just love it that's why I love talking to this man about Christ anyways keep going thanks man but I think one that was really cool is I think oftentimes when we because I think what you were saying about your what I want to draw out of what you're saying about your young life. Um, guys like saying like hey like you're off or your stunt partner like being like like I mean that's also like you not being present and intentional is a safety hazard for your stunt partner like that is just the logistical like reality of the situation but I think it's important that all like like the idea of growing and becoming more intentional is not a is not a self-generative process it is you cannot do that process alone like you you need like the provision of the Lord, like like the strength of the Holy Spirit and people who are invested in loving you and being intentional for you in your life to understand and to grow in that process as well. And I like definitely want to like hammer in that point that is not something that it's like you can like, like how are you go- going to see your faults in that if you don't have people that are going to show you that? And even like God speaking through those people in that way, like, I think the example of your stunt partner and then also like your young guys are so cool because there's spaces that you're called to that you feel like you have to be like fully arrived and like fully ready for and like have negated all your limits. But I think oftentimes in ministry and relationship, like that's where we see God's like just good common grace for us because people like who we've done relationship with and been intentional with speak into our lives to an extent in which they can be like, hey, like you're off today. And I'm not saying that because like I just want you to be better mechanicalistically. That's the word. That's the word I'm thinking of. That's great. <laughs> um, but I, because I love you and like I care for you so much because that's how God cares for me as He cares for you. Um, and I think there's an, this is another kind of um, book, right? Too, if you never haven't read the Chronicles of Narnia, I suggest reading it. But read it in the order that it was published, not in the order of it chronologically occurred across time. Um, but if you know the Chronicles of Narnia and you've like seen the movies, read it in the chronological order, because I think it's really cool. Okay, that's a, aside from that part. But in Magician's Nephew, there's a scene where um, Diggory um, is, like, meeting Aslan, who is, like, the metaphor, and he's analogous to God um, in the Chronicles of Narnia. And his mother is dying, and he's hoping that Aslan will be able to give him, like, this apple or just, like, help in order so that, like, he may seek healing for his mother. But, but Diggory has, like, messed up, and he is, like brought like the witch into Narnia and now like he's like oh man like I've like I have one bad thing that I, I have one good thing that I've ruined and I got a bad thing that's going on back at home but I need I really need help figuring out and he's like downcast and like he's ashamed and he's going up to Aslan he's about to be like hey man like I just ruined your sandbox and he's like looking and he sees his claws and he's kind of approaching to the Lord in fear and like he can see the strength on his paws and he's like thinking about all the things he wants to say and he has this feeling that Aslan is knowing like what he's going to say and he's like in tears and he's in grief and he looks up at Aslan and it says like on his face that his eyes were stained with like these huge tears and he felt that Aslan knew exactly the pain that it was going in and, but in like that moment of understanding like um, he felt like his requests fall away and he was just in awe of the grace of Aslan and the grace of God in referring to that. Um, Madison Perry told me this really cool thing last week, and it's been, like, sticking with me, I would say haunting me, because it's really, 
as a person who's um, thinking about going to seminary in the fall and like learning and growing in mental knowledge about God, I've been like really struggling with how do I like not substitute that with just the presence of God. Um, and he says that Mikhail, so many people will spend their lives like understanding the little T truths of God, like trying to grow and quantitative like oh can i do i know this or know the historical context of this or how does this word do this and this and like that is all like well and good and do not hear me say that like we are not grown to be studies of the word of god like the word of god is inerrant and it is like god breathed and it's important for like training teaching rebuking and, and like it is like how we is a way that we grow and understand god and it is like the foremost priority of us in our lives like don't hear me say that like scripture is to be thrown out and to not be learned and grown more but then in that quote, he said, like, hey, like, some people will spend their lives, like, trying to quantitatively, for their own control and for their own grasp and the flex to understand the little teachers of God. But not many people will take the time to sit in awe of the big T truth of God in our lives on a daily basis. And I think that is where that intentionality, like, that's, like, the root of that idea in our lives. Like, Diggory, like me, has so many requests and so many things that, like, I and he, like, want to see come where it's Diggory's mom wants to be healed. Like, I want to see relationships in my life come to know the Lord. And I rightfully so should bring them to God, like, consistently and steadfastly, like, and know that he will, like, work in them on his time and how he will do it. But at the end of the day, like, then being content with just sitting with God and just being there with him and... I think how we receive and understand that truth then permeates into our own lives because like we love because he first loved us. I think you can substitute a lot of words in there as in, as in we see others and we are intentional with others in the same way that God has seen and been intentional with us. Like I gave a talk for at um, a youth group last night and it was about in, like inviting others and I use the same ideas. Like we invite others into relationship with us in the same way that God has invited us into relationship with him. And that is not based on anything that we have or have not done because that he loves us and seeks us and chose us first. So there's no barrier. There's no qualification. There's no disqualification for the way that we should bring others, not only relationship to us, but to bring them to the foot of the cross. And wow, that was a way more succinct way than I said it last night at youth group. <laughs> and I wish I would have said it that way. But I think in the speaking to that though, and like what you're saying is, it's just like, it's not necessarily about like, what are the steps that we are taking? Because I think we can like like pervert that idea, and we can like 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 therapy, like self care, like all these things are of are important, and I think they are like good tools. But I think all of these tools and these learning and these understandings in these ways help us and point us to the big T truth and understanding of God, and that is important. And like, can we and do we sit in that every day? Because then it's not about like you know like getting three hours of like being with Christ and hopefully like like you're filling up your tank so that you can drive on that energy the entire time, like throughout your day and you have enough intentionality left at the end of the day to make it to that eleven thirty PM conversation at cookout. But it's I think of Isaiah six, which is one that you just like know off the top of your head and I that was one that I was like, man, he knows the top of his head. And <laughs> um okay, this is funny. I at leadership I gave a talk on that exact on Isaiah six and I was like trying to figure it out. And I was going to talk on it, and Luke was like, oh, yeah, it's blah, 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 and proceeded to say all of Isaiah 6. And I was like, wow, he's about to give my talk for me. <laughs> um, but, like, as Isaiah goes up to heaven, and it's, like, one of the 
I'm pretty sure like, the only places outside of like the gospels that like salvation in that way occurs outside of like Jesus's hand in that moment, Jesus on the cross. And like, like the cherubim baby angels put a little coal on his lips and like, he is like, sa- he is like saved. And what happens then is he, like Isaiah is not like, Oh, like what do I do with this time? Like how am I purposeful and intentional? And like, you know, but he's like, God has seen me. God has touched me. God has purified me and God has saved me. And woe to me, Israel, I'm a man of unclean lips and I've seen the glory of God. All I can do now is go out and tell of his goodness and bring others to the cross. Mm. And I think like in that is how we do it. Because I think that's what I was saying earlier. It's not necessarily a mechanicalistic thing. That's the word again. Um, uh, like, are we doing this? Are we organizing ourselves in this way? Are we pointing in this way? It's, it's not like, it's like when you want snow, it's not like flushing ice in the toilet and then hoping that snow comes. All that is doing is like giving you a sense of control in the process, but it's sitting and being present. And when snow comes, you're just so thankful for it. And then just enjoying that gift and making snowballs and having fun with your friends and being intentional in that. And I think that is a beautiful and blessed. And do I get that right every day? Oh, for sure not. Do I get it half right? No. But I am growing to love that process. And I, I heard this one, I heard this quote today in my devotion that I was reading, and it's like the Christian life is not one of perfection, but it is one of progress. Like we are not going to get that right. And we're always going to be moving in a direction, and that direction is not even upward and to the right, but it's in fact like downward and to the cross. But yeah. the more and more I've noticed is that the more and more we go there, like the more and more God provides in these places of whether it's intentionality or humility or relationship and he fills those holes in our heart, which is cool. Sheesh. Preach it. There's there's so much I could talk about with that. I want to wrap this up, but I do have a few thoughts. One, like regarding Isaiah 6, like in light of God, we recognize how great he is and how small we are and all that's left there is surrender of like, oh my gosh. And that's exactly what Isaiah was like. Oh, woe to me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Like you recognize your sin, you recognize your need for him. There's only surrender. But then in light of the coal on the lips, in light of seeing God and he gives you grace, then you're like, oh, I'm a man deserving of of death, but because of God's grace, I have been saved and I'm going to share that. And so that's just kind of what I think of like with that Isaiah 6 chapter, like what you were saying where he's like, I'm going to go proclaim. It's because when we are in light of God, when we get in his presence, there's really only room for surrender and gratitude. But then in that presence, we experience God's grace. And because of that, we're free. We experience and breathe in his goodness. And then we want to share that, which I think is cool. Second thought, you mentioned the quiet time and, you know, two hours. And then hopefully that'll get you through the day. I don't, I can't remember where I heard this, but our relationship with Christ can be a lot like the beach where let's say we're the child, he's the father and we're going to the water together. We're walking down the beach to go in the water. And instead of taking Jesus with us, you know, we spend time with him at the water. We're we're with him like right before we go in. And then we decide to go swimming as a child with him still on the shore. Mm -hmm. And like, he's still watching over us. He still sees us, but like God wants to be right there in the midst with us. Like he doesn't want to be the one that has to throw you a life preserver when you're drowning. And he is willing to do that, but he wants to be out there swimming with you. In fact, he wants to be the one leading you in that process. And so I think that's a lot about the quiet time because what we do is we spend two hours with them in the morning. We're with them on the beach 
And then when we get in the water, which we've been talking about that 16 hour day, that culture that tells you it's all about you, we begin to drown because Christ isn't really with us anymore. He's just watching us from the shore. He's watching us from that morning quiet time. And we have to learn how to integrate him into everything that we do. And so I think that is just a really, really good word. I, um, I think one thing kind of thinking about like kind of that beach analogy that I love. And I think that is, I heard this from another mentor who took his son to the beach. And I think this is a good way to kind of like differentiate those two. Like, oh, like we kind of leave our dad at the beach. Um, my mentor like took his son to the beach for like the first time. And he was like, he was like, man, like I just saw God in this moment. Like he goes and he takes his son to the beach and they're doing that thing, like, you know, like when the wave comes and like you kind of hold like your kid's hand and you kind of like float up with the wave so you jump mm-hmm. like super high. And there's, I think this is where the differentiation is, is like, is like his son, like it knows that he can't go into the water by himself because he's like really small and like, and like fragile and he's going to be slept away. So he like goes with his dad and his and his dad, knowing his son is fragile, like wants to walk with him in that process. And I think that is already analogous to our lives as Christians. He goes and um, he holds his son and he is like jumping up and down on the waves. And he can tell that his son is like having the time of his life. And his son is so present. And his son is like laughing and giggling. And he turns over to his dad and unprompted, like he looks back at him and unprompted. And he goes, hey, dad, like. I love you like so much. And I just think that is it. Like right there, like you can draw whatever you want out of that. But like, and I like, I'm gonna like I'm gonna try to articulate what I think that is, but like I think that level of presence, which leads to intentionality and purpose, and just like being like with our father, like as we like traverse across life, and then the response to that being is just like, God, like I love you. I think that makes so much sense. Because I even think even like the idea of like like, like his son is like hemmed in by the strength of his father's arms. And I think that's analogous to like cast all your anxieties on me for my, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And like what happens is that is that God enables us to worship and to experience life like John ten ten. Like I came so you may have life and life to the full. And I think that happens like when we are in the arms of God in that specific way. And I think that just is a really beautiful like story and image of just how. Man, like, purposeful, purposefulness and intentionality does not come from us just sitting there and grinding and trying to, like, like read and understand, like, how do we be more purposeful and intentional? But it's just, it's like that that one phrase. It's like, I, I, I think corny phrase, Christian phrases kind of go in and out of my life in an astonishingly fast rate. But the one that I've loved recently is, like, let go and let God. And it's just one that I kind of think is just, like, it's a cute one that like, like goes on a t-shirt or the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, like there's truth there of just like, like giving our all to God and loving him like with our muchness and then like allowing him to do transformative work, not only in the lives of our people, but in like our own hearts. Like we've talked about this and um, like God, I think um, God is more um, concerned about what he's doing in our hearts and like, than what he's and what we're doing for his ministry and for his people. Like I mm-hmm. think a great example is like Saul to Paul. Like no one was there for like for Saul, like for God to meet like like Saul, now Paul on the road to Damascus. Like he just met him. Like he didn't need anybody there to do it. He just did it himself. And then he invited other people into that process and they responded. And I think in the same way, like 
So I think that is where the, the levels of it, like the how culture understands like how we understand control and accountability. Like I think they get some of those like aspects of God, like from Christian ideas of like man like like you cannot control everything that happens to you. But thank God that we give all that control away. And like we, we talked about this, like, outside, mm-hmm. like literally outside the story. Thank God we give that control away because God is a good father who is the author and perfecter of our faith who wants to, like, desires for us to have good gifts and to be fruitful and to multiply and to do all these things. And I think, like, do we trust that statement enough? Do we understand that statement enough? Do we, are we hemmed in by the arms of God so that we may then, like, look at him in worshipful joy and say, like, I love you, Father. I love Mikhail Harris. Mikhail, thank you for coming on the podcast. We're approaching an hour. I don't know how I'm going to edit this up, but (laughs) I always love talking Jesus with you. And uh, for those listening, if you ever want to have a deep conversation about Christ, Mikhail Armstrong Harris. That's not your middle name, but it's just what you have on the group. He's the way to go. What is your middle name? Angelo. Angelo. Close. You used to have that as your Instagram, and then yeah. you changed it a, gaj- a gajillion times. Okay. Well, anyways, thank you guys all for listening. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and rest of your week. Mikhail, again, thank you for coming on, and God bless. Yeah.